Welcome to the Rock Creek Family Church Podcast. I'm Pastor Jonathan, and thank you so much for joining us today. We know that uh, there's so many other things going on, so many other things you could be listening to right now, but you have decided to listen to what God has in store for you on this podcast. So we just pray and ask that God would bless you in this sermon Thank you again for joining us. Don't forget, you are part of the Rock Creek Family Church family. Hey everybody, Pastor Justin here with Rock Creek Family Church welcoming you to another midweek Bible study. Today's Bible study is going to be called Getting Into the Flow, where we are going to talk about a work that Jesus did for us and making a way. You know, when Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, he made a way for us to get into a life-blessing, life-giving, life-sustaining flow. And that's what we're going to be talking about because I believe that was part of his secret to to staying so strong in the will of God is he had this flow of life that was coming straight from the Father down to him. And that is also what he wants us to, to tap into. It's a source he's giving us. It's a source that he gave his disciples that no matter what they face or no matter what we face, we know that we have a a flow, a source that we can tap into and receive everything that we need as we are going through it. Before we get any deeper, though, let's go to the Lord in prayer. I can't wait to give this Bible study. We're going to be talking about this over the next few weeks. So I hope you are ready for this. Let's get into the flow. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we love you and we thank you. You are so good. I want to thank you, God, that that you are everything and everyone that we need. Father, you are the one that, that looks over us and watches over us and You're the one that gives us blessings. You're the one that gives us life. and You're the one that gives us hope and joy and peace. I want to thank you for that. I want to thank you, God, that that from you, Lord, we have everything that we need. I pray, God, that you help us to learn how to tap into the flow, the flow, the river of living water. I just ask, Lord, that you would be with everyone tonight who's listening, watching in any way that they can. That you bless them and heal them and keep them, protect them, watch over them, guard them, guide them, lead them, whatever it is that they need, God. Be with them, Lord, in a very special way. Father, I love you and I love everyone who's watching and I just pray your blessing upon them and your blessing upon this night and upon, Lord, everything that we do may be done for the glory of your name. Father, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, getting into the flow, getting in the flow. Um, I know that um, that there is... uh, obviously every day the possibility of getting into the other flow right the the flow that that just takes us down a path that we know is going to lead to to death to something that's going to take us further away from god it's the flow of culture it's the flow of the world it's the flow of things just constantly pulling you and dragging you down there is that flow certainly out there. And uh, we, we kind of say maybe when we say to swim upstream is to swim against that flow. Because, you know, we have a choice right now to get into either flow, one or the other. That's the flow of the world, the flow of the culture, the flow in, what, in, the, in which 
the way that it is going or the flow that God has for us to to be in the world but not of the world and that that basically means to 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 be in the world but knowing that our source our source of life our source of hope and our source of joy and peace and love and all these things do not come from the world. In fact, we're given an opportunity to to go against the world by saying our source comes from something so much greater and something so much more wonderful. That something happens to be a someone because you see every source has every flow has to have a source. Let me back up and say that again, right? Every flow has to have a source. A flow of a flow of water has to have a source. It it has to come from somewhere. Every every river, every stream, every every rainstorm, it has to come from a source. In the book of Psalms we read for you for with you is the fountain of life and in your light we see light. I believe it's Psalm 6, 90, 36 and 3. I believe Psalm 36 and 3 says that in you, Lord, you are the fountain of life. You give us everything that we need. And from you, we exist. And Paul said it this way, in him, we live and move and have our being. And Psalm also says that um, in your light, we shall see light. That tells you this, that once you get into the flow, there's a continuation of that. that. That is by his illumination and revelation that he invites you into that flow. Then once you get into that flow, you get to see even more light. And in fact, by that light, you see everything else in a totally different perspective. It's amazing to me how the Bible talks all about a flow of, of things, where God works in a flow of things. All the way from um, whenever he, he had Moses stop the flow of the Red Sea so that he could cross to, to um, the, the, the flow of the river in the desert that came from a rock, all the way up to where Jesus Christ himself said, hey, if you believe in me, then out of you shall flow rivers of living water. And we're going to use that scripture here in a second. But before we get to that, I just want to just want to talk to you for just a minute about that flow. Again, we just kind of had talked about how there there are kind of two flows, right? There's the flow of the world, and there's the flow of of, of Christ and Holy Spirit. There, there's the flow of of life. There's a flow of death. There's there's there, there are two flows. There's a flow of the culture. That is so easily gotten into. We're so surrounded by it. Or there's the flow of life that comes straight from the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, isn't it amazing how um, each one flows, but one gives and one takes? It kind of reminds me of the woman with the issue of blood, Mark chapter five. She had such a flow coming out of her. Literally, blood was, was leaving her body so fast she couldn't hardly make enough to keep sustaining the life that she wanted to live. Her life was ebbing away. She was getting sicker and sicker and worse and worse because the flow just, just kept going. Now, maybe at first she was able to, it was able to kind of compensate and keep up, but 
for so many years, for 12 years of this, the flow just, it got too much and she got weak and she, she lost uh, even most of her money in trying to find help and, and, and going to doctors and doing everything that she could to stop this flow. This flow, this, this, in fact, it's a flow. The New King James or King James, some of the old translations calls it an issue, right? There's an issue of blood. She had an issue of blood. New translations may say she has a flow of blood or a hemorrhaging of blood. Either way, the meaning is this, that a flow, a flood was leaving her faster than she could compensate. And, and because of that, it, it hindered her life. It stopped her from living fully and completely. It stopped her from being a, a, a clean person. You know, because of that, she was unclean. So because of that uncleanliness and being an unclean person, it stopped her life. She couldn't do the things she wanted to do. She couldn't be what she really, truly desired and wanted to be. It is possible that she either, because of this, could not get married or was divorced. There were some some uh, rabbinical laws that said that hey, if someone's that sick and 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 they can't have children in that because of uh, of an issue like that, then it's okay to go ahead and divorce them and move them out of the way. It's possible that she was never married or divorced because of this. Because of this issue, she could not have children. Whether she was older or younger, we don't know. But due to this flow, she couldn't have any more children until this was fixed. And for her, maybe that was a huge purpose for her life. I know for, for women in that day, that was a great purpose, was to have children. I know it can be still a great purpose for, for those today. So because of this flow, she had lost her purpose. Because of this flow, she had lost love. Because of this flow, she had lost hope. Because every day is the same thing. Every day, more out than in. Every day. Maybe a, a decent day, but then the next day feels like one step forward and two steps back. Every day, the same battle. Every day, life going out. Every day, something hindering, something shackling, something keeping keeping her from becoming and living and being the best she could possibly be every day, day after day, year after year, life going out and not, not, not enough life coming in. She was living in a deficit. She was living in a, in a sense of, of, of no hope whatsoever, all because of the wrong flow, the flow that, that took more out than put in. But according to Mark chapter 5 and the other Gospels, right? According to Mark chapter 5, Jesus walked by. And Jesus, when he passed by, just close enough for her to get down on her hands and knees and crawl and take what little strength she had left and press through a throng, a crowd of people. And as she pressed through and pulled through, and as she snuck between legs and, and between robes, she noticed that there was one robe greater than all the others. That robe belonged to Jesus, that flowing robe, that robe that touched not just him, but also touched most likely the ground 
that he was walking on, that robe that there in the fringe and there in the bottom of that robe, that robe was a bit dirty and dusty because it had been close to the dirt everywhere that he had walked, that robe that was just above his feet, just above his ankles, that robe that she said, if I can just touch the hem of it, if I can just touch that part that's heaven touching earth, if if I could just touch that covering, then I know I would be made whole. And she stretches out and reaches out and she just grabs what little tassel or what little part of that robe that she could. And as she did, I love the passage of scripture that says, Jesus stopped. The unstoppable Jesus stops in his tracks because someone with an issue reached out to him in their deepest, greatest need. And as she reached out for him and he stopped and turned around and he says, whoa, who touched me? And this is where the disciples who are a lot like us looked at him and scratches his head, scratches their head and says, what are you talking about, Jesus? What do you, wait, what do you mean somebody touched you? There's hundreds of people touching you right now because we're in a crowd, in a parade, in a throng of people. And there's hundreds of people touching you. What do you mean somebody touched you? And he said, no, no, this isn't a normal touch. This isn't just an accidental brush up against me. This isn't, uh, this isn't just a, 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 a part of a crowd kind of brush, a going with the flow kind of brush in the, cra- in, the, in the world. This is someone who went against the flow. She quite literally went against the flow knowing that she was unclean. And for her to touch any of those people would have been maybe even possible cause for death. But yet she went against that flow to touch the hem of Jesus Christ. And Jesus says, no, somebody went against the flow. Somebody stretched out. Somebody somebody touched me. And touched me with their heart, not just their hand. Touched me with, with, a, with a longing and a hunger and a praise and a need. And not just something selfish. She touched me with a deep, deep need. And he said, not only did she touch me, but I felt power flow out of me. I I felt virtue move from me to someone else. I felt life flow out of me. And then this is when everybody gasps and wonders and looks around and sees a woman in the dirt who's just covering her face, kind of ashamed, not knowing whether or not she's going to be stoned or she's going to be hauled off to the, the, the Sanhedrin, the court, to see what was going to happen to her, knowing that she possibly could have been, been in trouble for what she just did. And, and, and as she's just kind of looking down and, and just wondering what's going to happen, Jesus looks at her and says, your faith has made you whole. You've touched me. A flow moved from me to you, and you're now healed. That's always been amazing to me. It's always struck me as something really awesome that it took a flow to overpower a flow, that it took a flow from a higher source to overcome a, a flow from a lower source. It, it took a flow from a source to touch someone who was losing life because she didn't have enough of a source to sustain it. A flow stopped a flow 
a flow moved and overpowered another flow. And because of that overpowering flow, and she, because she got into the flow, and because she refused to go with the flow, but to go against the flow, it got in the flow. <laughs> a flow from a source of life overpowered her that had a flow from a source of death. And that source of death was overwhelmed with a source of life and virtue sprung up in her life. Wow, that gets me excited because I, I understand what it feels like to know that you've got more going out than coming in. I may not understand it from her perspective physically, but I understand it spiritually. And I either, even understand it in other physical ways, that, in, in emotional ways, and mental ways. Sometimes you feel like life is just pulling so much out of you. You think, wow, I don't know how much more I can give. I don't know how much more I can do. I don't know what else I can. And those are those moments where you just want to either cover your face or throw up your hands or go to bed or or, or do something, right? Reach for some substance or something to kind of numb the pain or numb the feeling or the, 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 the mental anguish you're dealing with at the moment. But instead of going with the normal worldly flow of reaching, grabbing at all of these things, why don't we stretch and grab the hem of the garment? Why don't we, why don't we stretch our faith out and grab the place where God met earth being the place of Jesus Christ. He's that, he's that source for us. He's so much a source for us that when he was on the cross and he had finally given up the ghost and a Roman soldier, just to make sure, came up to him with a spear and plunged it in through his rib cage and into the pericardium, into the heart area of him. And as his spear was pulled out, Bible says blood and water gushed, flowed out from him, flowing from a high place to down reaching to the low place. There was a flow coming from him when he was held on high to reach all of us at the foot of his cross. That as we reach for him in his grace and his mercy, that mercy and that grace flowed down. Flowed down to touch anyone who's willing to kneel at the foot of the cross. It's not by coincidence that rivers flow downstream. Water always seeks the lowest place. A flow comes from a source, seeking, moving, even moving obstacles and cutting through rock and dirt and sediment and trees and whatever's in its way, cutting through, making a way to get to the lowest place. And oftentimes it is in our lowest place, like the woman with the issue of blood says, I got nothing left. I've got one more shot, and that's to reach the hem of his garment. It's often in the lowest place that we find that flow so much more refreshing. So take heart, no matter what place you're in, he's got a flow for you. He's got a source for you to tap into. 
And that source, I think, is that source that Jesus lived with every day. Now, I know that um, that, that what I'm saying can be misconstrued to say that, well, maybe what you're saying is, is there's a place I can get to where I'll never have another heartache or I'll never deal with another bit of stress or worry or grief or anxiety, that everything will be sunshine and rainbows. No, I'm, I'm not saying that, but I, what I am saying is that your perspective will change because the source that you're going to be getting that perspective from has changed. That source is going to come from God, from Christ, from the Holy Spirit, from you. And it's not only going to affect you, it's going to affect the world around you. That there is a place you can get to where you get in in such a flow that it doesn't just affect you, it also affects others around you. The disciples knew that. In Acts chapter 2, they tarried, they wait, they prayed, they, 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 they were in supplication, they did everything they could that Jesus told them to do. And then one moment on one day, the day of Pentecost, when, when it was fully time, that wind flowed or rushed in like a mighty rushing flow that touched them in such a way and filled them in such a way that they overflowed and they became a flow that God actually flowed in them, on them, in them, and through them out into the world around them. That it got everybody's attention or at least 3,000 people's attention. And they said, whoa, what is this? What in the world is going on here? I'm hearing a sound of the glory of God. What's happening? And that flow transformed the disciples in such a way that even when they were going to go through some things, their perspective changed. That's why, that's why Peter could go to jail and still be okay. That's why the disciples could go through some, some really crazy hard stuff, some, some persecution, even unto the ultimate persecution of giving their life. And, and yet they never gave up their faith because that faith was not rooted in a source of this world. That faith was rooted in the source of, of something, something, I say something, what I really mean is someone so much better, bigger, more wonderful, more, more spiritual, more supernatural than anything this world could ever imagine. That someone was the one they knew personally. That someone was Jesus Christ, the one that said, hey, if you wait, I'll give you a source. I'll give you a comforter. I'll give you someone. I'll, I will cause him. I will, I will make sure that he comes to you and guides you and walks with you and teaches you through all of life through all of life, through everything that you're going to go through. You know, it takes me all the way back to an, an Old Testament example where in the Old Testament, they were walking in the wilderness and they were drying up. They needed something. They needed sustenance. They need something, something to flow into them called water. They, they needed some life. They needed life. There was no water to be found so God said, Moses, go strike a rock and we're going to see what I can do. And Moses struck that rock and from that rock flowed a river that wasn't just like a two or three cupfuls. 
you remember that at this time, it is estimated that that there were somewhere between 500,000 and a million people. Let's just take, for example, the low ball estimate, somewhere around 300 to four to 500,000 people, sheep, cattle, oxen, camels, donkeys, people, what so many people. That was more than a trickle. That was a flow. That was a flood that came from this rock to sustain that many people. It had to be a flood. That had to be a flow, a continual flow of life from a rock. It just so happens Jesus says, I am that rock that the builders rejected. I am the chief cornerstone. It's me. And Paul even called him the rock that followed them in the wilderness. In the wilderness moments of life, even when it looks dry and you have no idea where that source is going to come from, we know that that source is following you, waiting on you to reach for it. And from it will come rivers of life. Reach for that flow. You know, there are seven flows, seven, seven flows that Jesus Christ walked in, talked in, lived in every day of his life that helped him get from point A to point B successfully. And then the Bible says he went through all kinds of trials and tribulations, but yet he did not sin. Now, I'm not here to say we're not going to sin and we're not going to mess up from time to time. But I am here to say that, that our journey depends more on God's divinity than our humanity. And if we reach for him and if we get into his flow, we get into the flow that God wants for us. We're going to get there. We're going to get there successfully. And what I call is a successful journey is when we can get to the end of our journey, whatever that is. Maybe that's 30 years old. Maybe that's 130 years old or anywhere in between. I don't know. But what I know is, is that when I get to the end of my journey, I want to say, I fought that good fight. I finished this course. I kept the faith. I did what I was supposed to do. And I did it successfully. Maybe not successfully in the world's eyes, but I did it successfully in God's eyes. I did it successfully in my eyes that I did exactly what God had called me to do. I got in the flow. And because of that, he's welcoming and saying, well done, my good and faithful servant. I want you to have that same success. And I want you to know God doesn't just... just make that journey and that success just a coincidence. He doesn't just say, hey, well, some will get it, some won't haphazardly. Like, ha ha, you may not get it, but oh, I'll give it to him. No, he's he's here to give it to whoever will, whosoever will. Now, not everybody will reach for it. Not everybody will lay their stuff down and at the foot of the cross. Not everybody will do that. But for those that do, there is a secret to life. There is a flow that you can get into that will sustain you no matter what you're going through. That's how people like you and I can, can go through moments like a funeral of a loved one. And even though there are tears falling down our face, we still have this hope inside of us. And that hope comes from being in the flow, being in the faith of something so much greater than just what we know down here on this earth. That's why people can go through trials and tribulations 
and still hold their head up. That's why people can go and, and be beat up by life, but yet they get up one more time. Getting in that flow. John chapter 7, verses uh, 37 through 39 says, On the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood up and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because he was not yet glorified. Very quickly, I'm not going to go super deep on this because I just want to wet your whistle a little bit for what we're going to talk about for the next few weeks. So I'm going to kind of cover this for just a moment and then we're going to close and then we're going to talk for the next few weeks about getting into the flow. Okay, but just very quickly, just a, just a glimpse at this picture, just just a peek, right? I just want to give you a, give you a peek that Jesus is um, in, when it says at the the last day, the great day of the feast, it's the Feast of the Tabernacles. And it was a feast that commemorated the time that they were in the wilderness and that they had to tabernacle with God, that they built these tents, these movable tents to, to live in while they were 40 years in the wilderness. And to commemorate that, every morning in that feast, they go and they get a golden pot and they go down to the, the pool of Siloam, who has fit, been fed by a spring, and they dip into that, and they go and they pour that water on the altar, and they give God praise for sustaining them in the wilderness and for giving them life in such a dry place. Well, finally, the last day of that feast, Jesus says, I, I, I can't take any more of this. You guys, I want you to know I am the fulfillment of that. I, the ceremony that you're doing is actually pointing directly to me. So when you get that golden pot of water and you carry it around and you pour it on the altar, I want you to know that I am that source of living water and I'm carried around by the hand of Almighty God to every one of you. And, and I, my life is going to be poured on that altar so that you can have sustaining blessing and life no matter what wilderness season or no matter what moment you are in i'm going to be right there with you to give you what you need and from there he gives this promise that says uh, it i want to read this to you once again it says he who believes in me and he's crying this out. He's, he's, he's bellowing this out at the top of his lungs. This isn't just a little whisper. This is flowing from his mouth in a loud way. He's saying, please believe in me. Believe. Reach for me. Because if you do, if you believe in me, as the scripture says, out of his heart, the old translation says out of his belly. They thought that was the seat of who every individual was. It's like you had just a, a spot right here somewhere where your soul and your spirit sat and lived and dwelled. And we call it today out of the heart, right? Because we say, I love you with all my heart. And we kind of put that as all of our being. So he said, with all of you, believe in me, with all of your being, out of your being, shall flow rivers of living water. They're going to be welcomed into a flow. A flow. And it says, now this is going to happen after he's glorified. Now the people didn't glorify. He's not talking about the people glorifying him. He's talking about God 
glorifying his heavenly father. And his heavenly father glorified him, lifted him up. Another passage of scripture, Jesus says, when I'm lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Some people say that's the cross. I don't think so. I think that is when he was ascended into heaven after the cross, the resurrection, and even some days after that. So after he was lifted up, after he was ascended and put on high, it was Jesus saying, now here I am beside the throne of Almighty God, opening a way for you to approach the throne of grace where you can find a flow of life, of grace and mercy to help in time of need. And not only that, but now that I'm up here, I can flow down to you with the Holy Spirit and I could tap you into the same source and the same flow that I walked and talked with my father in ever since I came to the earth and came to you. Now, there were seven things that I feel like Jesus, seven, if you want to say maybe tributaries, seven, seven flows that came and merged into one main flow that God had Jesus in that kept him in line and walking in line with what God wanted for his life. He would, and that was God's word, God's will, God's way, God's hand, God's face, God's glory, and God's spirit. And Jesus walked in the flow of all of those seven things on a daily basis. And he's welcoming all of us to walk in that flow as well. He's beckoning you to be in his word, in his will, in his way. His, he's beckoning you to see his hand move and to have his face turn toward you and he's beckoning for you and positioning you for you to receive the Holy Spirit as often as you need it. Now I know we have that sealed Holy Spirit that keeps us until the day of redemption. I get that. But what if that Spirit leads you to walk by the Spirit into, an, into a moment of overflowing life that he wants to give to you? And then in all of that, you see the glory, the manifest presence, the manifest blessing, the manifest whatever you need from him, from God. God manifesting himself, we call that glory. God wants you to walk in all of those, those seven things, those seven flows that God is calling you unto, that Jesus walked in. And you can walk in too. So that's what we're going to talk about for the next few weeks. I hope you are as excited as I am about giving it. Let's pray. Father God, we love you and we thank you. You are so good, so good to us. Thank you for opening up that flow in that way. Thank you, God. Pray, God, that now we would humble ourselves and turn from our ways and call on you and come to you opening up uh, ourselves as vessels so that you can flow down into us. Father God, we love you and we need you. Oh God, we are empty vessels. We ask you to fill us up. Fill us up for your glory. Fill us up. This world needs it. Let the church be in your flow and not the flow of the world. Let the people of the church be in flow of the Holy Spirit, not the flow of the world. Let us not be in flow of the culture, but let us be in, flow, in the flow of you. Help us, help us, Holy Spirit, to get into your flow. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. 
I look forward to bringing even more of this to you next Wednesday. God bless you. Peace out. Thank you so much for listening to the Rock Creek Family Church Podcast. I'm Pastor Jonathan again, and we are so thankful and grateful for you to be here and join us. We ask that you would make sure that you subscribe so that you can catch other podcasts as they come out. Also, if you would rate it and comment, let us know how God has blessed you through this podcast. We love you. We thank you.